Hey, welcome to the podcast today. Get ready for a great, exciting episode in just a moment. Hey, have you ever wanted to teach a Bible study and didn't think you could do it? Have you ever wanted to invite somebody to church and you didn't think you could do it? Have you ever wanted to talk to your family members and invite them to know the God that you serve? Well, I believe this episode might help you. I believe if you stick with me in this episode, something in I will say is going to bless you and lead you along that road. So God bless and enjoy. Hey everybody out there in podcast land, how you doing today? So it's me again, David, coming at you with another talk. And been struggling how to relay some things that are in my heart for the last few days. Yesterday I put out a video or a pot, um, an audio version of it on my podcast and I was describing just a few things that are going on in our world today. There's a huge misinformation campaign that's been going on for a long time. And I'm not going to be political. I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to talk like that today. But there's some words here that might be trigger words because that's what people are conditioned to these words. So they're no longer church words or godly words. They're worldly words that when they're spoken, it it causes a worldly reaction in your heart in the disguise that you're doing something virtuous or that you your belief system is a certain way those those things do not come from our father which is in heaven i want to tell you that right off the get-go those kind of things do not come from heaven those kind of things are not heavenly they're not virtuous when you are living in that kind of mindset you got to break free from those chains and you have to you're not going to do it on your own you're going to have to have an outside voice that speaks to you and it's going to be abrasive, and that abrasiveness is going to sharpen your metal. It's going to sharpen. That's what iron sharpens iron. And as you're being sharpened, your eyes will be open and the scales will fall off. But it's a process to get there sometimes. So enough of that for a moment. Let me let me get into something. I think I'm going to change this podcast up just a little bit today. I was praying talking as I was feeding my pigeons today to the Lord and um, I was just praying about some stuff and have you ever felt like what you're doing just doesn't make a difference you're not making a difference and you you really feel like you're doing something for God and it feels like everything's against you everybody is standing in opposition the world is pushing back everybody is and sometimes you stand alone and what God has placed in your heart and and the calling that he's put on you burns greater inside you than what is coming on the outside, what the force is pushing on the outside. So what do you do? Do you succumb to the outside pressures or do you do like Jeremiah and all the rest of them and that fire that's inside you that you, you didn't want to talk, you don't want to 
talk about God. You tried for a season to not do the things of God and it burnt so much inside you that you had to do something. You had to say something. Well, that's how I feel and I've been feeling that way lately. Like what we have needs to be talked about, needs to be preached, need to be needs to be pushed out there. We need to get our message out there because it's not my message and it's not your message. It's the message of Jesus Christ. It's what he has done and what he wants to do for people that we haven't even met yet. He wants to reach them. He wants to wake them up because we are in the end days. And I know we've said that and it's became cliche and everybody uses it to fear monger. And most people don't even have a good grasp on what the end times are. And we say things out of context or we, we fear, we take one scripture and we use it to preach a certain way, maybe to get a good offering or get people to come to the altar. But we really need to wake up people with basic scripture. Just the basic stuff. And and preach basic things. The basic gospel. To get people awake. Get them to come to Jesus. Because our job is to get people saved. Is to get people to Jesus so he can save them. So they can find a relationship with God. So let's look at something here. Daniel chapter 10. Starts here. And I don't know how much of this I'm going to read, but I, I got a few places I want to take you to. Jan, Daniel chapter 10, starting at verse number one. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel. Now, I don't know how much wind is affecting my recording and how much background noise because I'm outside. And I want to apologize right off the get-go if it is bad. But I'm outside and the wind is pretty bad today. There's branches broken down on trees beside my fence line. So we must have had a pretty good windstorm last night. So let's get back. Starting at verse number one. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. Pretty good opening right here. I'm going to commentate as we go along just to give you some thoughts here that the Lord showed me. This man, Daniel, we know him. His name has been converted to Belshazzar. That's what he's being called. He was given a vision, but the vision was a long time away. And he understood the thing. So he had understanding of it. And he had understanding of the vision. So he's in a foreign place, having a name put upon him that's not even his name. And he's got a vision that he knows is true. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So he's in mourning. He's not having a good time. He's not having a joyful time. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittichel, then I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold uphas. Verse number six. His body also was like the barrel, burl, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like the color of polished brass, and his voice of his words like the voice of multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. So in verse number seven, it starts out saying that I alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them. So they fled to hide themselves. So, before we go any further here, I want you to think about this verse here. This Daniel is seeing a vision now, 
He's in mourning. He's in prayer. We've already elaborated on verse number one. He saw a great vision. There was no strength in him. A quaking fell upon the people around him. And what did they do? See, when, when you have the vision, you don't hide. You don't run and hide. You don't just go to a building and do what's necessary just to get by. You don't go out there where you know that you're going to be attacked or you're going to feel the pain and stings of rejection. You want to stay in a safe place. We, we preach a lot about colleges and how they talk about safe spaces. But I fear the church as the body of Christ has went into a safe space a long time. Not just because of this lockdown. I believe they've been in a safe place for a very long time. They were conditioned because they check all the boxes. We check all the boxes. We do everything that we're supposed to and we feel safe. We have our righteousness. We do everything we're supposed to, but we go out to reach nobody. And when somebody else foreign comes into our group, we pick out all the flaws. You don't look like this. You don't act like this. You talk like this. And we start to pick out all their flaws and they know nothing that we know with the level of life that we've walked with Jesus. So what I'm saying is if you're doing that, you've got to extend grace. And this is what I'm focusing on. I'm not focusing on that part of it. I'm focusing on the person that has the vision. The person that has the vision is going to have to walk alone sometimes. That's a leader. The person that has a vision will stand and see the vision accomplished at all costs. The person that has the vision doesn't give up. He doesn't run and hide. He stands his ground. And I'm reminded of the disciples when they were walking around after Jesus had been killed because Jesus stood his ground. He had a vision. The disciples had a vision and they stood their ground. They didn't even think it was worthy to die for the name of Jesus because it was such a great honor to die for the name of Jesus that they would give their life for this cause. Would you give your life for the cause? Are you prepared to give your life? I know you go to work. I know you pay your house. I know you pay your car payments. I know you fellowship. You eat at all the fellowship gatherings. We go out to dinner after church all the time. We talk to our family members that are really close. We have a close circle. But are you going to stand up and go forward? Or are you going to stay in a safe space? Do you have a burning desire inside your heart to fulfill what God has called you for? And do you feel like you are not fulfilling it? Then I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to you that has maybe never taught a Bible study, but you've been in church your whole life. I'm talking to you that has never went up to meet somebody and talked to them about what you believe in, not the standards. I'm talking about your Lord and Savior. There's a place for all those other things. But let's just start ABCs. Let's go through one, two, threes. Let's go through the virtuous baby steps that I believe that we've overlooked the very simplicity of the Lord, the very simple things of God. And let's get back to the, the main thing. And the main thing is getting people to Jesus. And it's Jesus, if we believe what we preach, you know, if we really believe that people have to have a personal conviction to do anything for God, then why is it our job to condemn people and make them conform if we really believe that and say those things? Why don't we just love them and bring them to God and let God work on the heart and conviction? He does a way better job than me anyways. 
So I don't come to condemn anybody or to convict anybody in the word of God today. And if you feel I've done that over the past, I apologize. In my last episode, I put out a warning in in the episode beginning about the subject matter in itself. But as a preacher, I really feel like I got to say some things. And if I don't say them, I feel the burning. And I don't do it to hurt you. It's to wake you up. It's to get your eyes open. Okay. So verse number 8. We're in Daniel chapter 10. We're in verse number 8. Therefore I was left, left alone and saw the great vision. And there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned into me corruption. And I retained no strength. So he has a vision. He's standing alone. He's standing there. His followers had forsaken him. Sounds like Jesus for a minute there. And his strength has left him. He had no more strength. He's doing what God called him to do. He's fighting the battle and he has no more strength. His calmliness, his great look, his holiness, his everything was turned into corruption. And he retained no strength. Yet heard I a voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was a I in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground and behold a hand touched me which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands and he said unto me O Daniel a man greatly beloved understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright for unto thee am I now sent and when he had spoken this word unto me I stood trembling so he's getting a, a voice of instruction Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. So we'll stop there. So we don't have to go into a deep end time message right now. I believe I'll speak on to these terms in future podcasts. But I want to say a few things as we wrap this podcast up. We're in the last days, folks. And I know we say it a lot. But... As a watchman on the tower, on the wall, I have to say some things that I fear we have taught groups of people inside our buildings everything they need to know and be prepared, but we've not taught the people outside the building very well. For they're going to be marched right into a world system. They're going to take a mark of the beast so they can buy and sell. They're going to do all these things, become microchipped or whatever the mark is. They're going to go right into a one world system because they're going to think that's the answer. And that's because they have no clue that it's against the Bible. These are virtuous, good people, but they just don't know these things. And we have been conditioned not to talk about these things. I have been baffled over the years as a preacher, as a teacher. And I've been a teacher since I've been called out as a very young man at 21. I came into the church without one not knowing anything about the Bible except for John 3.16. We all can quote that, but that's because that's what the world has taught everybody. And none of the scriptures, none of the other ones, didn't understand anything else, didn't have a clue about it. 
and taking time to study and read concordances, strongs, dictionaries, reading the Bible daily with lots of study time just to learn for myself, not to teach people. I was learning for myself and I spent time and time learning and learning. And I look around and I thought that's how it was with everybody because I just thought I was normal. I thought that was normal to study like that. I thought it was normal to seek God like that because when you come in contact with a God that's real and you you come from a place where you didn't believe in none of that stuff, that becomes one of the great exciting things of your life. And so I looked around. I look around to my fellow men and women that I rub shoulders with in the, the house of God and most of them can't even t- teach a Bible study. I would say probably three quarters of them. And the other ones that I've seen that taught Bible studies, there's a couple that could do it and they're, they burn themselves out because they're, they're the only ones doing it. And the other little part of that group is doing it for show. It's, it's competition. Now, I'm not focusing on the ones with competition and the ones that are working their behinds off. I'm talking about the people that don't know nothing in the Lord. They're in the church and don't know nothing. Now, is that very virtuous? Is that a way to be a Christian? The basic things of salvation. We quote one scripture. We preach it to people. We preach our beliefs on people more than we preach the word of God. And if you can't even teach it like that, then start off with love. Just start loving people. And, and find somebody and just read the Bible with them. Take your time. Don't read through the Bible in a year. Don't start from Genesis and go to Revelations and not know one thing that you read. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you finding a friend or a loved one. And how about this? Want me to tell you of one of the best ways you can do something for the kingdom of God? And I've applied it in my life and I can show you the fruit of it. You start with your family that's unsaved and you keep working with them. I can show you a family, my family, that through me, my dad, my mom, my sister, I can name off and off many. My grandma who's gone to be with the Lord already, that was 70 years old, that was baptized, that was never in church, never believed in God, was an alcoholic her whole life, and pretty much died, was dead, came back long enough that we could baptize her and go on to be in church for almost seven years after that. I have an uncle Scott that I'm so proud of that he had a horrifying story too. He was an alcoholic, drunk driving before. He's he's overcame all that stuff. And he's one of the greatest Christians I know in the church right now. I'm proud of him. He shows love to everybody. I can show you the jewels of salvation in my family. These are these are jewels in the crown. And it's very simple if you if you apply it very simply like that. And it's real easy to do your family first. But that's a good start. Don't hang on the coattails of what your grandma did. Don't hang on the coattails of what somebody else is doing. Do it for yourself today. Listen, I'm trying to show you love in what I'm saying, and I'm not trying to come across harsh. I'm not trying to be mean or mean-spirited. 
There's a sense of urgency in my voice, but I really do it with love. I send my love out across this podcast. I'm trying my hardest to reach you guys, to motivate you. Because I look around and people are not motivated. They're motivated to do programs and singing and worship and all these things, but they're really not worshiping. Okay, I don't want to get off on this too much, but I want you to think about something. Look at all the people that worship God. And I'm talking about across the whole board. I'm not picking out any church. Most of the time when I'm speaking stuff, I'm not picking out one single church. I'm not picking on person. I don't use my podcast or my talks to do that kind of stuff. When I preach over the pulpit, I can honestly say I've never tailored a sermon to attack a person or a group. I've never done that. I've always done whatever the Lord's told me. And I can I can say that with a clean conscience. I might not have been a very good orator, but I've done it with the exact belief that what God has given me and showed me to teach, I've done it. So this is what I want to say. Look at your worship. Look at your praise. If you go into big churches, you see big groups of people up there and they sing, they stand, they sway. There's no joy in their heart. It's motivated by either the celebrity status or because of gifts or talents. The emotion is very little and it almost seems orchestrated. It's been like that for years. I've seen it for years and years like this. Then I see gatekeepers at the instruments that are the gatekeepers of praise and worship that don't show people how to praise and worship, but they yell at people to worship and praise. They tell people to do it. They're telling people to do it and they're getting mad when they don't see it happening. But we're back here in the pews looking at everybody saying, show us, show us how to worship. You're a worship leader. You're a praise singer. You're a praise leader. Show us how to worship. Show us how to praise. Show us what God has given you. Use your talent to show us what to do. Lead us into this entrance of the presence of God. Lead us. We're here. We've subject ourselves. We're sitting here. We're with you. So don't beat us. Don't yell at us. And don't take what we're doing for granted. See, we need each other in the church. Every member of the church needs to be together. Every member of the body needs to be one. If any one of those members is missing, the body suffers. Now you don't think it does. And I've heard people say, I don't need friends. I can walk away. I don't need that person. If that person doesn't want to be with me, I'll just walk away from them. You know, and that right there is questionable in itself. So don't be that kind of person today. Show love. And I'll end with this. We have a nightly Bible study. It's a Bible study group. We've been doing it since December. Every night we pray and then we have a book that we read. We've had a collection of like 14 or 15 books. I can't remember how many they were. And each one has a topic like love, faith, hope, grace, all that kind of stuff. Those kind of words. And they got 
sayings and scriptures throughout the thing and we take them every night and we read them together we, we take turns each person reads either a paragraph and then I always read the scripture and I elaborate each and so often and then we pray over something if something hits us in our heart at that time we all pray as a group we've been praying we pray for people we've been doing this every night it's a nightly thing very easy to start up folks go to your phone download Google Duo after you download Google Duo, tell one or two of your friends or one or two of your family members and you video call each other and you just talk. Just do a prayer. Don't have to be long. I don't keep people long. Five, 10 minutes, some of them are only 10 minutes long. We went to like 20 minutes and 30 before just in fellowship talking and praying. But I encourage you not to go that long. I encourage you to keep it short I start off with prayer. I say, is there any needs? We need any urgent needs right now. And we attack any urgent need right now. We send it up to God as a group. We do that. And then I offer anybody, anybody have anything to say? Anybody have anything else that we forgot to pray about? And I give people a moment. We just take our time. And then we go and sit down and we start into our book. Now you don't have to have these books. You can start off in the Bible, start off in a chapter of the Bible and read a couple scriptures and just go through a book of the Bible. Go through Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. You don't have to get into church doctrine. You don't have to get into none of that stuff. Start off in Genesis. Do something simple, but just start it. And then love one another. Be excited and watch something marvelous happens. And I've seen this and I've seen it over the years because this ain't my first Bible study. I've been able to do Bible studies my whole walk with God. And this is how I get to know people at a different level and right where they're at. And so something marvelous happens because they start talking about it to their friends because you're encouraging somebody, you're actually encouraging them. And then they invite somebody and all of a sudden your group grows and it keeps growing. And you don't have to go check in with nobody. You don't have to go tell your pastor. You don't have to go tell nobody what you're doing. Do this for God. Don't go to an organization and tell them what you're doing. Do it for God. The only reason why I'm telling you over my podcast is because I want you to start one. I want to see you start one today. And do it for the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it for the glory of God. And do it for the souls that are dying out there waiting for somebody to come in their life to teach them Jesus. And with that, God bless. Oh, I want to thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited that you stuck with me all the way. So, I want you to be blessed today. I want you to apply everything that you've learned. And I want you to go out today and be something and do something for somebody that doesn't know Jesus. God bless.